I was trying to find like the, the flow of the whole podcast. I was trying to set the scene from start to finish and kind of let the audience and let the people know what I was feeling at each specific point. And, you know, some of these things that I talked about right at the start happened three, four years ago. So for me to start, you know, thinking back to this time that I hate so much, it's it's really difficult to talk about it. It's something that's so deep and embedded into your core, something that, like, we've all got problems. It's, it's different thinking them than saying them. The majority of it, I'd say, is me just sitting there trying to formulate how to say it to a camera because this was the first time I'd said it out loud. I'd always thought about it in my head, but I'd never actually said anything out loud about it. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Unstructured Podcast. Today, um, we don't really have a guest. Uh, we have just a topic, and it's, uh, it's Dan's podcast that he's just mm-hmm. done. His first episode is like out now. It's been up for a couple of days, and it's gotten like quite a few views. I think last time I checked up on it, it was on like 60-odd views. Oh, it's more now. It's probably more yeah, now. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, yeah, defi- now. it's definitely like struck quite a chord with other people. Obviously, we'll get more into it within this podcast, but just to give you an overview, Dan talks like insightfully about the tough things in his life, gambling addiction uh, for the past, I think, two years? Just a bit over two years. I listened to it. It's, it's amazing. Honestly, I couldn't stop listening to it. Mm. And if you haven't listened to it already, or if you don't know about this stuff, then uh, Dan's podcast and his channel will be linked below. Uh, you're coming up with stuff every week, right? Every Sunday, yeah. Every Sunday. So if you like us, you'll definitely like it. Well, yeah, <laughs> if you like this, you'll definitely like that. By the um, time by the time this video is out, there'll be my second episode released oh, as well. Then tune into that as well. Dan, how do you feel after doing what I think is such an emotional sort of open podcast about you? Like it's it's got a lot of stuff that I mean, I I never knew of. I, I knew that you gambled slightly, but I didn't think it was ever anything more than it is, you know? So yeah, how, how do you feel? Um, it's a big kind of weight off my shoulders, I think. it's It's been something that's always been on my mind since I was young, that, you know, this is this is an issue. Like, this, is, this isn't something I want to keep in my life forever. So coming out and actually talking about it to everyone i mean at first like when when i'm recording it it doesn't feel like i'm talking to a hundred odd people i'm literally just recording it to myself and then watching it back kind of thing so i've had the footage for i'd say a good week two weeks before i actually posted it so i've kind of been able to settle down and come to terms with how I feel about it and how I feel about releasing it to everyone. But yeah, no, it's a massive weight off my shoulders and kind of, I feel like I can relax and just be my true self now. Yeah, I mean, you be definitely... Be proud of yourself, definitely. Yeah, Sorry, I wanted to say, like, you should be very proud of yourself because it takes a lot, a lot of, like you said, actually, in the episode, like a lot of balls to come out and talk about the 
issue or problem that you had and i reckon you both i mean you opened my eyes when i watched it it was such an emotional roller coaster because obviously one of my mates i was just watching it and my emotions just go like this i was like oh my god <laughs> yes mate i love that <laughs> like it's 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 really impressive and i'm i like how the podcast actually was as well it, you set the tone instantly as soon as you hit record like it sets the tone like you you watch the intro and you're like wow okay this is the strapping boys it's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be an um, interesting one it was definitely above all things authentic, honest, and just true to yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's why it got so much attraction as well, because it's actually down to earth. It's not fake. Like it's actually like what happened. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, I suppose in this, we're just going to like not do the whole thing again, but like get little bits out of that. Sort of uh, be the audience as such, just asking follow up questions on. Like what you faced, how you faced mm. it, thought processes within that, and uh, yeah, like is there any particular place within the story that you'd like to start, or yeah, I'd su- I'd say that going back to the actual recording itself and the way it's like set out, the the video only was twenty minutes long. Now I probably have about fifty minutes to an hour worth of footage. Oh, and the majority of it, I'd say, is me just sitting there trying to formulate how to say it to a camera because this was the first time I'd said it out loud. I'd always thought about it in my head, but I'd never actually said anything out loud about it. So a lot of the time I was literally just sitting there looking, going like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> so, you know, the the video, it came off really authentic. And if, yeah. I don't know. There, there's, there was a lot of footage I didn't put in it. I won't lie to you. It, it, it's, it's hard saying something that's so deep and embedded into your core. Something that, like, we've all got problems, um, and it's, it's different thinking them than saying them. You know, because mm-hmm. thinking them, they're your own thoughts. They're the most private things that you can have. But saying them out loud, it's like it's, it's a weird sort of mental wall that you like that's just put there generally. And I mean, it's why like we have counselors and therapists to break down those walls. But like, regardless of that, it's it's hard. It's it really is. And I, I can imagine like you standing there just wondering what to say next, how to how to express it without, you know, giving off the wrong intentions mm. or, you know, doing any of that. I was, I was also I was trying to find like the the flow of the whole podcast. I was trying to set the scene from start to finish and kind of let the audience and let the people know what I was feeling at each specific point. And you know, some of these things that I talked about right at the start happened three, four years ago. So for me to start, you know, thinking back to this time that I hate so much it's it's really difficult to talk about it because you don't want to talk about it it it's something you're not proud of and it's something that you don't like so you kind of just brush it away you're like nah i don't want to i don't want to bring this up again it it brings back negative emotions Hmm. i suppose when you do bring it up like we talked slightly about this before we started recording but saying it not just to yourself, but like in front of a camera where it's going to be like aired to people, whoever wants to see it, it does a couple of things more. So it lets everyone know the thing that you went through and it also holds you accountable to never do it again. 
because you've now said to a hundred odd people who've watched your podcast that look, I went through this and I'm never doing it again. Like, it's 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 accountability, you know. Yeah, account accountability is something I take really seriously, and I'd say one of the reasons why I probably never told anyone about it or you know spoke about my issue before was because I was never ready to be accountable for my own actions. I was, I was never ready to come out and say that I've spent this amount of money on this and it's all gone. Mm. But now I feel like I'm in a better mind space where I can say that this is something that happened in my life. I'm not proud of it, but this is where I am now and I'm accountable for my actions. At, at what point did you feel like, okay, I, I'm ready to be accountable for it. Was it as you started recording? Was it months prior where you thought, all right, now I'm going to start being accountable for my actions, regardless of whatever future episodes you might make on this? Like, wh- What was that point in which you started to feel like you had to be accountable? In terms of being accountable, I'd say it goes back to the first lockdown that we had in March of 2020, where... I decided to actually try and lose some weight and document it while I was doing it. So I was posting every day on my Instagram to try and keep myself accountable for actually doing it. So in terms of that whole principle, I'd say it dates back almost a year now. In terms of how I, when I decided to implement that into gambling was probably just before I went away to the National Stud. I'd been working constantly throughout the week at a pub and the majority of my wages would go like that on just gambling Mm. and I was getting sick and tired of not being able to go out and do things with my friends not being able to treat people in my life that I love dearly and that I want to kind of make a fuss of sometimes I was getting sick and tired of not being able to do such things and then when I went to over to Newmarket and worked on the National Stud, it actually made me realise that there's more to horses and the whole horse racing industry than just gambling. And it really opened my eyes up to the fact that I can still be in this industry and not have to gamble my savings away. So, yeah, accountability, I'd say it dates back to March, but I started implementing it when I was over in Newmarket. All right. Nice. Now, I want to run it back slightly for the purposes of properly explaining your story and the journey that you went through to come here. Um, at what point did you, did you find yourself or did you come to the term of like, oh, this isn't just a habit because loads of people have, you know, they, they put an odd bet on, it's enjoyable, it's like a hobby but this is no longer a hobby. It is now an addiction. When was that, when was that association made? Um, There was a key moment where, where I was, I was gambling online and I can't physically gamble online for many reasons because there, there's this um, company or website you can go to called GamStop and you put your email and everything in and it blocks you from every single gambling site there is. Okay. 
but at the time I hadn't done this and I, I wasn't taking it that seriously. And I remember I put 10 pounds into my account at the time and I went on the casino online and got it up to 900 pounds. Wow. My overdraft at the time was 800 pounds. Oh, shit. So this was the time that I thought, wow, I thought I can clear my overdraft. I'm done. This, this is it. I'm, I'm secure. Okay. I'd say half an hour later, it was all gone. What? Half an hour and losing close to a grand. Yeah. How'd you feel? Distraught. Like it's, it's hard to put into words, but when you don't have that much money in the first place and then you win such a huge amount of money to, to have that feeling is amazing. You're like, yes, this is it. I can clear my overdraft problem solved. But the, the feeling inside me at the time was, wasn't that I didn't feel like this is problem solved. So I continued doing the stakes on the casino because I thought, well, let's just go until I lose kind of thing and then I'll stop. But that ended up me being stupid enough to actually lose it all. And it all went because I was upping my stakes. And then before you knew it, I lost a hundred pounds. So then I was like, right, let me try and get that back and leave straight away. And then you lose another 200 pounds and it goes and goes and goes. So that's something that stays in my head as a point where I knew this was more than just a hobby. That feeling of distraught can't, you know, I don't know, I suppose, yeah. I think it's the type of thing you have to experience and learn a lesson from to actually grow from it and to realise like, right, this is... This is like this needs to stop, man. Like, and was it from there, like that sort of situation that it did, like you did gradually just stop, like you started, like thinking, like right, I got, I got to level myself out here and actually think about this. Quite the opposite, to be honest. Oh, really? The, this, was that the was that the start of the spiral? Yeah, this was where the the spiral really kicked in because I realised in such a short space of time I could win a lot of money. Hmm. So my brain was like, this is this is just do it again yeah. do it again and then leave that that's constantly what was going on in my head do it one more time but this time leave but every time i done it again i would never do that and it would continue going down in this spiral to where two years later i was in a worse position kind of thing i know with with your profession I suppose profession, you know, your, your interest in horse racing, it does go like hand in hand with gambling, whether it be the Derby or the Cheltenham Festival, it's, you know, part and parcel. Do you think that like going into, let's say, a two to one bet with your knowledge of all the horses, because I remember back in the day, this is something that I don't think any of our viewers will ever find again, unless you want to release them. But um, I remember back in the day, you made a youtube channel dedicated to putting like what bets you should put on on horse racing did you think that your knowledge of horse racing was better than the odds that you you could take i think yes definitely because 
there was a point where I was actually thinking about becoming a professional gambler. Like oh. this was the route I was actually going mm. to take. Now, it, it's kind of laughable to think that a a professional loser wants to be a professional gambler. How does that work? Mm. Um, I mean, it worked for Logan Paul, didn't it? That, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but yeah, I, I created that YouTube channel, which it's no longer in existence. All videos are deleted. Mm. Um, but I kind of created that content because I wanted... I, I wanted to be in the industry of racing and horse racing, but I never knew about a way that I could get into it other than gambling. So the ideas I had behind it were, right, cre start creating content that you'll look good in because you'll potentially have a winning bet and you'll make money from it as well. Mm. But obviously I think I posted about four or five videos putting up different selections and none of them won they all lost Yeesh. so well it, it was at that point i then cared too much about what everyone else thought and deleted all the videos got rid of them all mm. and pretended like it didn't happen and brushed it under the carpet yeah and it's only now that looking back on all of it i realized like probably wasn't the best way to go about it mm. but now yeah i suppose now that i've been opened my eyes have been opened to other ways that I can get into the industry, like the stud farm, for example. I realised that I don't actually need this in my life to be able to do what I want. Mm. Yeah, And that's a big game changer for me because now I can actually watch the races, document it, not have to have a bet on the race and just enjoy it for the pure entertainment value. Uh I miss that. Fair. And like, I can imagine, you know, watching a sport, I'd, I'm not really into horse racing as our viewers have kind of gathered from previous podcasts. And I don't think George is too much either. Nope. <laughs> but like in the comparison of like football, you love to see it. You love to watch it. Thrills, the excitement, the highs and the lows. But yeah, I suppose like it's learning like what you can enjoy and you don't have to pitch best on it. But one thing that I want to draw attention to is the influence of horse racing not just in your late teens but also in early on in life um when you were growing up was there anything that would was there anyone who you know showed you about gambling or showed you about like horses and racing and things like that so my nan who is no longer with us unfortunately she loved to have little tiny bets on things in greyhounds and horse racing, things like that. But she'd keep it very small and it wouldn't be anything too extraordinary. My dad was another big influence. Like, yeah, from right from when I was young, it would be me and him going to race courses, me and him. It was our way of kind of bonding together, to be honest. Yeah. Then there was a there was a there was a situation where my dad and my mum actually split up, and anyone for anyone who's got uh, divorced parents or split parents knows you kind of need to make an effort with both parents in order to continue the relationship. Now the the relationship between me and my dad was mainly focused and centered around racing and horse racing, 
so I felt like a kind of like I I should be involved in this too so then I would take it more seriously and to a more serious level than I probably should have and it's only now that I can realize like I can still have that relationship with him and still talk about these things with him but I don't need to have a bet as well because that's then where the problems arise but at my during my younger ages I didn't really realize that yeah no absolutely I mean I suppose it's like a a real double-edged sword on the one hand is this you know addiction that has played you for a couple of years now and on the other hand you found your passion in the horse racing industry and you want to get into it. it's really like yeah. it weighs up mm. but I suppose do you feel like all of that being said horse racing has been when was the first time you were actually introduced into horse racing like do you can you remember the age and what you thought of it um i can't remember the age i can i can remember like a, a time period mm. of when it was when a horse called frankel was running now he's considered the goat of the flat the, the greatest of all time unbeaten yeah. and i was introduced to him and he blew me away as a horse the fact that he could destroy all of his rivals with ease and go unbeaten his whole career that kind of blew me away so i'd say that was when i took a a serious interest straight away and i remember even in my spare time when i was younger and growing up i i always watch his races back from years and years ago just to see how good he was and remind me of how good he was so i'd definitely say he was a horse that kind of in in introduced me to the sport Sure. Mm, absolutely and i feel like with the betting potentially it was because of how passionate you were about it and like the actual sport that might have also like sent you into going like down the betting route as well obviously you want to be involved with your dad and then you wanted to be like invested into the sport as much as you possibly could and obviously this horse probably did like help that as well so yeah. and I'd, I'd also say that there was there was a guy on twitter at the time who i'm not going to name because I don't want anyone to feel like they're to blame for an issue because it is, it's not their fault. But there was a guy at the time who was recording himself placing bets um, and showing like his reaction to the result and stuff like that. And generally as kids grow up, they have people they kind of aspire to in the industry that they like. Like if you're into boxing, you, you kind of aspire to Anthony Joshua or other, other industries like that. So I kind of looked up to him as this is a way that I can get into the industry as well. So a lot of the actions I was doing was actually copying what he was doing. Mm. And again, it's something that I only kind of realized after I stepped away from the whole situation and not done it for so long, that I realized I was just copying someone else to try and fit in and not be judged. Mm. But I was always judging myself because of it and you need yes. to learn to not judge yourself and then you'll flourish even more after mm. it's Is, the main thing was there any time in between because like i mean us three we've known each other for a long time uh it's been fucking years now Yonks. and i <laughs> Yonks. uh and i 
when I was listening to your podcast, I remember like hearing certain bits of the story and being like, ah, I was there for some of that. I remember him saying this thing to me. I never really took it into consideration or like, and I'm sure George has the same thing, Hmm. but was there any point in which in, in that whole journey in which you thought, ah, I want to reach out, but I can't, I don't, I'm not ready yet. Sort of thing. Yeah, there has been a lot of chance, a lot of missed opportunities that I could have said something for sure. And I think one of the the things I even I brought up to you, Imran, was the fact that I was in an overdraft. Yeah, I remember and, you mentioned yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, that that's all I'd said to you, and I I'd said I was in a I was in a sticky position. I'd been spending too much money, and I'm I'm in a bit of debt here. And I never mentioned anything else to you. Um, no. And then I, I, I think I even lied to you like a few months later and said it's all paid off when it wasn't because I, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of, that's fair. One, I was kind of wanting you to be like, oh, he's got his shit sorted out. He's not a, he's not a failure. The, the opinion you know I mean? of others, exactly, yeah. exactly. And and also, yeah. Just- Quick note, I, I'll never, I will never think that you were a failure, Dan. You flourish in ways that I could never do. Amen. And you are a true mate through mm. and through, and you can never. Mm. Understandably, this is a journey that you've had to take on yourself, by yourself. And me and George, I'm sure we can, I can speak for the both of us here, saying that we're incredibly proud of you, not for just saying your truth, but also, you know, going through all that shit, coming out the other side and being as confident as you can be. And I mean, flourishing in the ways that you have and you will do in the future. But yeah, enough of that soppy shit. It's impressive. <laughs> no, no, it's impressive. Cry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I want to um, touch on something quickly too, because obviously you briefly mentioned about brushing stuff under the carpet. And I remember obviously watching your video, you actually said about the whole situation, like you said, brushed under the carpet. Now that you've come out and said like, your the issue that you had could you see yourself ever brushing things under the carpet or do you think it's a lot easier now to talk about the issues or problems that you have now i think it's definitely a lot easier for me now to actually approach people or even know the right steps i need to take to to stop this issue or to solve this problem and a lot of the reasons beforehand when i was when i was younger and not in the right mental space was I wasn't ready to be accountable and I wasn't ready to not bullshit myself and just live a life with no regrets. <laughs> um, it's the really, name of his podcast. Link in the description. So it really comes down to the fact that I am truly ready to now be successful and I'm really ready to push myself to new limits and leave the stuff behind me that just made me a toxic person and brung out bad habits in me so going forward if any issues do happen like I feel like I've been through enough now that I can just talk to someone about it you know and I'm not I'm not afraid of people judging me or saying you know saying things to me that I may not like because I'm here now. <laughs> yeah, man. And like, of course, it's, we, we've dawned a lot upon, you know, past things within this episode. Uh, and I want to switch the conversation more on a positive light. And 
say at what point was it like ah you know what i'm i'm i haven't betted in a while i haven't betted in this many weeks you feel like all right i'm good you keep on going with that well you know what point did you think okay i suppose in a way like you're in recovery mm-hmm. what point did you think that that was like you so there's two main bits here there's one is when i was in australia i hadn't gambled for 10 and a half weeks something like that and to now i haven't gambled in 10 weeks these two periods in my life are the happiest i've ever been with myself not not excluding other people making me happy not including you know trips i've been on that i've really enjoyed things like that i truly mean self-happiness and it's it's the best feeling to feel confident in yourself and feel so self-aware that this is potentially the best you and this is why i kind of released the episode to kind of push this message to people that it does get better those times that i were in i don't want that to be my story i want my story to be how happy he was the happiest person i can be so those times are the times i don't gamble and the fact that i've realized that has really shifted the whole change to happen go quick just quickly going obviously back to the episode i think you should be very proud of yourself obviously we've said this already but the amount of support and the backing that you had from this episode and from this step that you took to actually speak like out is good and i'm I'm glad it got this amount of support and it it probably like helps you even more like you said like yeah now it'd be piss easy to talk to people but maybe this is even more a boost saying like like seeing that people are actually behind you in this sort of situation mm. like, and it might even invite someone else to talk to, like talk to you about their problems you never know like that'd be exactly. impressive of course and like off the back of that um i want to like outline something that i personally i see and also is very related to this subject but dan what what is your opinion on sort of the saying when the fun stops stop the the slogan of preventing gambling addicts from continuing on going and sort of that whole campaign because gambling can be a hobby but it's a it can also have its detriments what is your opinion on that having gone through the motions i'd say when the fun stops stop is a very good saying because it is straight to the point as in if this is more than a hobby and you're not enjoying it anymore then don't continue however just simply saying to a gambler or an addict of of anything stop never ever works it's it's so relatable to anyone who's addicted to something if you just tell them to stop doing it it's not gonna do it so or they're or they're in denial exactly exactly so i'd say eventually that slogan needs to become something else but what i really don't know because it's, it's a difficult thing to maybe if the fun stops tell someone like you know yeah rather than stopping and dealing with all of your issues yourself by when the fun stops tell someone it then becomes you've opened the conversation Mm. and 
you're, you're kind of attracting the, the help and the support that you need. I suppose in a way it's, it's weird. I know that not all addictions are the same, but if I were to sort of put it in another context, it's like saying to a heroin addict, you know, just, you know, when, when the fun of heroin stops, stop, it's not that easy. There's a whole, like, there's a whole psychological factor that goes into addiction or like, you know, just wanting to feel the highs and not suffering with the lows. It's, it's a tough thing. And like, obviously you've gone through it. Like, I'm, I'm curious now for the future. So for the future of you, Dan, do you reckon in the future, hopefully, I don't know whether you're planning to have kids in the future. I've never really asked, but if you were to have kids in the future, do you reckon that at that point you would have taken on sort of gambling as a hobby? Do you think it's going to completely shut out of your life from now on? Or do you think, like, is it going to be a part of your, your child's life? Like it was a part of yours. I don't want to make any unrealistic goals mm. because I'm all about setting a goal and achieving it. So I'm taking it slowly and get through March is my main aim because March is the Cheltenham Festival. Mm. It's the the big festival of the year which i absolutely love so my my first aim is to get past that you want to explain what the cheltenham festival is just sure. in case people don't know so the cheltenham festival is basically the creme de la creme of the horse racing jump season it's the basically the olympics and it's where all the good horses come together and race against each other you see so many great horses who actually run here each year. And I've been there for the last three, I think. Been at, yeah, been at the last three festivals. So it, in terms of the whole industry, it's, it's a massive event. It, it's, it's something that's like the centre of horse racing, especially the jump season. So I want to get past that without having a bet. And then I want to get through this whole year without gambling at all. Now, this is going to be very difficult. I completely understand that. But when I'm in this right mental space and I set my mind to something, it happens. It hmm. like These things just happen with me. So I'm going to be so proactive about this this year. And then going forward, if I do have kids years down the line, I will make sure they are well-educated on the whole matter. If they decide to gamble... That's their, it's, it's their, yeah, it, it's their life at the end of the day. But I will make sure that they are well equipped with the knowledge they need to know when doing such things. That's fair. With Cheltenham then, so say this year, so say technically it should be easier this year because you're not actually at the event. So it's just all going to be online based, which is still not going to be easy to avoid the betting, right? Say you do and that's fine. What happens if, when next year, hopefully, fingers crossed, fucking touch wood, everything will be up and running again. You can go to the Cheltenham Festival, you can have a bang and laugh. Like, what happened? And even when we go, what, what what's going to happen there? Are you going to give yourself like a grace period and just be like only a set amount of limit, like a set limit, sorry? Because I think 
personally that if i was in your sort of shoes obviously it's so hard to say but say for example we're, you're all there with a group of friends you're drinking you're probably at this point not really thinking properly right what happens then are you going to try and like stay focused and be like right everyone else around me is doing it but this is not me i've i've said my i've said to myself like i'm not going to do this no more are you have are you i'm assuming you probably will be tempted but what what's your sort of thought process to that see with things like the Cheltenham festival if i a few years down the line want to have a small stakes bet where i maybe bet on four or five horses throughout the four-day meeting, five-day meeting, I will potentially allow myself to do that. However, right now is my focus. Wow. So whether it be a couple of years down the line that I actually do or not, it's all about today and then tomorrow and then March and then the year. So it's, it's really, I'm really trying to, repeat it in my head to get through this entire year and then reevaluate my situation after that hmm, because I've, I've never apart from these last 10 weeks i've never had a week without gambling really which is bizarre yeah because i don't know what the other side of it's like like this this whole year i could go no gambling and realize i've saved so much money and realize that I don't need to gamble in order to enjoy the sport for what it is. So I think this year is really going to be a learning curve for me mm. to see where my future takes me. Well, I personally think you you will do this because every time you've said something, like for example, the keto diet, every time you've said something, you have stuck to it and you're so competitive at sticking to it like it's ridiculous and i think personally the mental state that you are now and i think by releasing this video and talking about this problem has helped it even more which is it's, it's made you like a, an arrow through the wind you're you're going man and you're not going to stop until it's you've completed this goal and personally i'm proud of you, <laughs> like, Thank you. Thank you so i i have a question in which it's normally asked to our guests and i suppose oh. in this in this sense you are the guest talking about your you know the things that you've been dealing with um where do you see yourself in terms of this issue in five years time love that let's go <laughs> oh okay <laughs> it's usually me asking this question <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, know. I see myself in a much better place and happy with the decisions that i've made at this age and not regretting the fact that i haven't gambled and I see myself in a much better financial space and place than I currently am and that I was back in the day or a few years ago. I've never really been able to save a lot of money because of this issue. So hence why one of my New Year's resolutions was actually to start saving money. Like it, it all kind of relates to this one issue. So in five years time, I want to be able to save a lot more money and realise I I don't regret my decision. Nice. Yeah, man. Like All right, and I, I feel like with that we can we can end it off there. So if you haven't already seen Dan's episodes on his channel, definitely go down to the description. You'll see it. The podcast is called No Regrets. It's also streaming on Spotify, and so are we. So if you fancy it, watch mm -hmm. both. And I, I think that's all. That's all. If you also 
a little disclaimer it might be a bit late in the video but if you're still here if you're struggling with any of the things that dan obviously is mentioned within this podcast we all implore you to please talk to someone whether it's your mom your mate your dan i don't know anyone if you know us personally reach out to us if you fancy mm. i'm sure we won't mind and uh that's that will be it from the Unstructured Podcast for this week. And we'll see you next Friday in a bit, guys. Bye.